Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. morning, Arizona. Happy Sunday. We're here in Sunny Slope, where we do have a few high clouds. Very high, but hopefully they'll come down and maybe get together and have a party. We'll get them on soon one of these days. Anyway, happy Sunday. Welcome to the Yep, yep. It's called the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. And we have the lovely Shira here on phones and music. And we start off the, the, the show with pretty open lines. The number to call 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. We could talk about the landscape of your dreams. We could talk the, about the heat out there and what we need to do to water some of our plants. It's, uh, you know, beginning to get critical for some at this point. We can talk about, uh, anything you've got for solutions on how to do a, you know, particularly good rain dance. We're looking at the hills at Sunny Slope and it would be nice if we had a big group of us up there and we could do a magical rain dance that would, you know, bring in some extra rain. But anyway, whatever your dreams are when it comes to landscape and gardening, give us a call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. And uh, it's going to be a hot one, and um, not as hot as it's been. At least we've dropped down, you know, five or eight degrees, which doesn't seem like much to many, but it's certainly a lot to our plants and to us as well. And uh, whatever your ideas, your your theories, your thoughts, whatever you want to grow, we are in what we call a subtropical climate. We, we've had plenty of the, the desert part. Now we need the – there's, you know, two two seasons here in our summer. We have the hot, dry summer. And then hopefully we have the wetter, you know, monsoon type of summer. And we uh, started off our hot, dry summer for the first month with very little of the hot. And we've continued through the month of July so far with an extreme record-setting amount of hot. Now we're just hoping for a wetter monsoon season. Anyway, give us a call, 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. John in Phoenix, good morning. Morning, Brian. How are you? No, just looking at the beautiful mountains. Nice, you know, air-conditioned <laughs> studio. I'll be a little better if we get some rain here tonight. <laughs> uh, question: I uh, I use a systemic for uh, systemic bug killer on my uh, Arizona ash two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't seem like anything's really happening. There's growth, a uh, little yellow, like almost like sap in between the leaves, and. Uh, I'm just wondering, I've got the Monterey disease control. Can I put another uh, uh, treatment on there? Or, you, know, you, you certainly on, can, on John. The, uh, you can, John. It's not going to harm anything at all. Have you used, used any herbicides around at all? Any weed killers? None whatsoever. Okay. No. So it wouldn't be a bad idea at all. And then it's also a phenomenal time to really give the tree an extra good deep soaking. So if you put a yes, hose I on there, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> at least once every week to 10 days and really deep water, it will help it a lot. And then as soon as the monsoon oh, kicks okay. in, then you can give it a little fertilizer, but not until we get uh, some real monsoon. Oh. Okay, excellent. Brian, thank you. Thank you, John. Have, Have a, a nice weekend. Day. Bye-bye. Bye.
Well, let's see. Next, we've got Maryland out in Phoenix, but after Maryland, it's wide open, folks. Give uh, Sure a call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTR. You know, we're here every Sunday with Shira and Troy Barrett on the news, and I'm this old guy named Brian, and we can just talk about anything you want to grow, water, plant, fertilizer, kill. Certainly a lot of different styles and things to do, but, uh, you know, most importantly for our plants right now, especially the ones that we don't normally water, might be to give them a little irrigation. You know, I, I noticed a tree in our backyard that hadn't received any water. It was outside of the irrigation last night, and it was it was time. It was awfully thirsty. Marilyn and Phoenix, good morning. Hi, good morning to you guys. Hey, we had uh, some landscaping done in our front yard in March, and we got a fruitless pear tree or flowering pear tree. Mm-hmm. And I noticed this week that the leaves have. R- Orange colored veins going all through them, and it's not a spore. I looked on the back to see if it was some kind of spore. Is that a fungus, or am well, I not watering Maryland, right? Probably deeper irrigation, but also on flowering pears, especially if they're the Kawakamis or the Japanese flowering pears, they really like some extra chelated iron. And you could put that on right now, and that would be very good for okay. the tree. Um, you could also follow up with a light dose of a balanced fertilizer, but I wouldn't do that until the monsoon really gets rolling. But you could put the iron on right now. And iron really helps to balance out the other micronutrients or the other minerals in the soil. And uh, really a very ne- you know necessary thing for flowering pears. Okay. It's a really definite line. Almost, it almost looks like someone took a paintbrush and went around all the little veins. Well, that, that's where the iron will come through and it will help okay. balance the minerals out. It should clear that okay. condition up. Oh, okay. Good deal. I'll go get some today. All righty. Thank you, Marilyn. Thank you. Have Bye. a nice Sunday. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we've got Dean and Buckeye Boat. It's still wide open after Dean. Give us a call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Good morning, Dean. Hey, Brian, how do I get rid of Palo Verde beetles? Uh, move, you know, move to other countries and places where Palo Verde beetles. No, uh, Dean, are they in Mexican Palo Verdes or what are they coming out of? Uh, just um, the standard green Palo Verdes, the uh, desert emeralds, I believe they are. Okay, Sonoran desert museums, yeah, Sonoran emeralds. Well, those yes, are typically, yes. you know, they're at least a hybrid anyway with a Mexican Palo Verde, and that's their favorite food. So right. what you'd want to do is you'd want to drench the soil. And there's a product called Talstar, and the active ingredient is biniferin, and you would just put a well around the tree and mix it up, and you got to water it down into a depth of a couple feet. And then at the same time, I would pick up some bare systemic, like a grub control, and mix that with water and drench that down into the tree as well. And what the bear does is it makes the trees, the trees themselves, the roots toxic to the the big grubs that are feeding the you know the larval stage. And then the okay. um, the other one's a contact killer. And uh, you know, as soon as this monsoon's right, they're going to come out and breed. So then be out there and be ready in the evening with either a daisy red rider is my my weapon of choice. And you can hunt those guys. You know, they're about three inches long. And if you catch them coming out of the hole with the daisy red rider, it doesn't shoot far enough to go over the neighbor's yard, but it does a fine job, you know, on those beetles. Uh, what we used to do here in the summertime, you know, because this is also baseball season and we were playing here, we would take our baseball bats out and catch them around the ball field. And uh, in there, they're really timing is good for you. It's they're good for hitting, you know. And the coaches would recommend we got as many as possible so we could hit better. Keep our eye on the beetle, as it were. So where, where would I find those products? 
Uh, we would have them at our nursery, Whitfield Nursery. Most nurseries would have them. Uh, most big box stores, Ace Hardware. I mean, those are two common products you should be able to find pretty much at anybody that sells gardening chemicals. Okay. Can you repeat those again real so quick for me? One is Talstar. Okay. Okay. And the other one's uh, going to be a bear, B-A-Y-E-R, uh, and it's going to be a grub control, but if they have one that's like a tree disease balanced control, it's going to have the same ingredient in it, which is intimidacloropid. Okay. So uh, pretty much stick to just uh, the watering area. Uh, well, yes, you need to drench it. You need to drench it into where the water is because the water is going to be where the roots are, and the, right. the trickiest right. part is drenching that chemical, you know, down deep enough, depending on your soil, so it goes down into the soil. And okay. uh, Not, and the combination is the best way to go. Okay. Not so much the underneath the entire canopy though. Well, no, usually you're going to find most of the holes, you're going to the exit holes and most of the active grubs are going to be feeding within probably three to five feet of the di- of the trunk of the tree. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, Brian. Thanks, Dean. Good luck to you. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we've got Barbara and Scottsdale. After Barbara, we're back to this one at a time, riding our horse. We're not falling off. The number to call from is Shira, 602-277-5827-277. KTAR. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I have a question. I have a peach tree that's um, probably three years old, and this year I have literally hundreds of peaches. Many of them have been eaten by the birds, but I still have a whole bunch of them. But the problem is, is that uh, they just don't seem to be growing. I mean, well, they're... Barbara, with a large crop like that, the quality and the size of the peaches isn't going to be very good. And that's especially common, like on a Florida Prince and Desert Gold. Those are our two most popular peaches here in the valley. What you have to do to get better quality peaches next year is to thin them right after they bloom. So when they're pea size, if you'll go out and thin them and space them across in the branches about 6 to 12 inches apart, the quality is going to be much better on your fruit. Um, you can okay. try to do that by spraying the tree when it's in bloom with a little vinegar too. Sometimes that'll burn I've some been, of the blossoms. Yeah. And that'll I've been doing that. When, when they bloom? Uh, yes. Now okay. I go out and spray them pretty much twice a week. Well, no, I'm not talking about now. If we want to have oh. better, bigger peaches, when the trees are in flower back in January, early February, when the flowers uh-huh. are opening up, that's when you want to spray them. And what it's going to okay. do is it's going to knock off 60% of the flowers, and that way we're going to have bigger fruit. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thanks, Barbara. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we have Joe and Scottsdale. Hi, Joe. Good morning, Brian. Hey, I have two questions for you. First is I have a uh, mesquite tree that volunteered to grow in my yard, and it's a really nice-looking tree. And over the past couple of weeks, like everybody, I have removed thousands and thousands of pods from the ground. My question is, now it looks like it's blooming again, flowering again. Am I going to get more pods? Uh, it really shouldn't be blooming again now. But, you know, here's the thing with mesquites is they crossbreed with each other, much like human beings do. So a lot of our mesquites okay. that come up wild are genetically very blended. And uh-huh. uh, But I've really never seen a mesquite that produced a second group of pods. Okay, and next year, if you okay. don't want to have quite so many, uh, when, the, yeah. when the when the trees have bloomed, there's a product called Florel. Okay, and you could spray okay. that on there when the little blooms are open, and that'll thin out some of the pots. Not going to knock them all off. 
Oh, that's wonderful to hear. Okay, second question is I've got an orange bell that all of a sudden the, the uh, and it's not in the direct sunlight, but it's in, in indirect sunlight. Uh, it's starting to get brown on the ends, and then eventually the whole leaf will get brown, and it's pretty much, you know, 360 around the plant. A little more so on the side that gets a little bit of direct sun, but what do you think? Well, I would look first up close, uh, and if you're my age, you got to put on some strong glasses, but there's a tiny caterpillar that comes out okay. that feeds on those, okay? Oh, and if you right. see the caterpillars existing on it, what you use is uh-huh. a product called BT, like Brian Thomas, and BT okay. is basically a bacteria that's toxic to the caterpillars, but not to other okay. animals, and uh, is All very right. effective at, at taking care of that problem. Okay, so that's a spray-on, right? It's a spray-on, yeah. You could use it. You usually mix it to a liquid and spray it on the foliage. It come liquid Okay, or and then one other question. One time I, I got a, a product, and it was something you just added to the a soil. It was, you know, like the, so the plant could kind of fight it off from within it. Right, and th- 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 those are it. systemics. That's like the bare products we were talking about earlier. Yeah, but right. Truthfully mm-hmm. and environmentally, the best thing to use on caterpillars is going to be okay. the BT. Yeah, and we we did have a lot a zillion butterflies this year, so I bet you there's some caterpillars. Well, yeah, those are a little different one, but there's you know there's lots of butterflies, you know, and uh, okay. they're certainly a beautiful thing to have part of our environment. Joe, thanks for the call. Well, thank you. Have a nice weekend. We're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have three lines available. Number to call 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Yes, Shira and Troy and I are all here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM. KTAR with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Well, I woke up Sunday morning with no way to hold my head. Didn't hurt. Beer I had for breakfast wasn't bad, so I had one more for dessert. Then I fumbled through my closet for my clothes and found my cleanest dirty shirt. And I shaved my face and combed my hair and stumbled down the stairs to meet the day. I'd smoked my brain the night before on cigarettes and songs that I'd been picking. I lit my first and watched a small kid cussing at a can that he was kicking. Then I crossed the empty street and caught the Sunday smell of someone frying chicken. Back to something that I'd lost somehow, somewhere along the way. On the Sunday morning sidewalk, wishing Lord that I was stoned. Cause there's something in a Sunday makes a body. And there's nothing short of dying Half as lonesome as the sound On the 
Beautiful Sunday morning here. We do have a couple lines available. Number to call 602-277-5827-277. KTR. Next up, we have Earl in North Phoenix. Good morning, Earl. Hey, Brian. Hi. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. I I just got a quick question. I, um, you know, with all of the heat that we've been having lately, I, I may have overwatered my, uh, my tangelo tree. This, it looks like I'm getting a lot of sort of middle, yellow leaves around the middle of the tree, about maybe about a fourth of it, getting a bunch of yellow leaves. So I think I may have overwatered it, so I, I tried to cut back on the watering. Uh, any suggestions on what I should do next? Well, just watch, Earl, and make sure you don't have any gamosis, which that'll be the tree will be bleeding uh, sap out of the wood, or the wood on the trunk could look wet. And uh, you might have to treat for that. But, you know, realistically, it's kind of hard to overwater citrus if you're just doing them for a few weeks in the summertime. They can t- take quite a bit of water. And um, oh, good. how good. old is your tangela tree, Earl? Uh, it's about five years old. Okay. I've had it a, a couple of years now, yeah. So if it's dropping on the inside, that's all okay. Make sure the trunk's wrapped to protect it from the sun. And I would still water it probably at least weekly on a young tree like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, with all the heat we've been having, I've been trying to, you know, give my plants a little bit of juice, if you know what I'm saying. It's just been so hot outside. Well, and and that and that's great. You know, and really for most things, it's a good thing. And for trees that are established, been in for a couple of years, probably in most soils, probably shouldn't have to be watered more than uh, weekly. But a good deep soaking when you water should be fine. All right, great. I just I want to be sure I don't lose the tree. I you know I love tangelos when they uh, when they when they come out and they're just so sweet. They're wonderful. Oh, I do as well, Earl. And that's it's one of, it's one of the varieties that we're still planting in the groves. Uh, you know, we're looking at what to put in some more groves now. And tangelos is definitely one of our favorites. Thanks for the call. Have a nice weekend. All right, thank you. Bye bye, uh, Teresa in Phoenix. Good morning. Good morning. Gosh, I'm glad to talk to you. I, t- I think about it every week, and then I never get a chance to call. Well, here we are. I have, <laughs> yeah, I have a beautiful desert yard that I'm so proud of because when we bought this house, there were three things alive. And uh, my husband was gone for the whole year because he hadn't retired yet, so I planted every single thing in the yard, and it is gorgeous. My problem is I'm having trouble with my yellow bells. We have more than one variety of yellow bells or bells. Um, not one of them has bloomed this year, not one. And I didn't fertilize. And then when it got so late, I was afraid you couldn't fertilize in this heat. Well, let me ask you this. How how are you watering, Teresa? Um, it's on a drip system, but then I'm also watering them in the morning. Okay. Well, they don't need to stay wet all the time. If they're in pretty. No, they're not wet. I'm just kind of, I just feel bad for them. So I just kind of cool them off. (laughs) Well, don't feel too sorry for them. I mean, a lot of the varieties come originally from Baja, California. And you know what they're waiting Um, for? They're they're waiting for a hurricane. You know, they're waiting, they're waiting, they're waiting for the monsoon to start. But, you know, sometimes the monsoon starts with a hurricane from the Pacific. And that wouldn't be altogether uh-huh. bad if it would bounce around off shore and throw us some more, you know, moisture in the atmosphere. That would be a great thing. I don't think there's much to worry about, you know, and realistically watering those if they've been in for a couple of years, weekly is plenty and they're not going to blow. Well, last any. year was, they were new last year. Okay. So probably still once a week for most soils. Year. Well, they're going to bloom again. You know, and if you, yeah. if you, if you want to fertilize it with anything, as soon as the monsoon starts, hit them with some super trouble phosphate or else you could use super bloom, something real high in phosphorus oh. and uh, okay. lower on the nitrogen. They'll bloom. 
Super Trouble Phosphate. Uh-huh. Oh, good. I'm so glad I called because I was so worried about him. Everything else looks gorgeous. Well, and not, like, not oh, to where worry. Where are your flowers? They're just waiting for their special time. And, you know, when the monsoons start, it'll be their special time. Well, thanks. I'm so glad to talk to you. Have I love nice, the show. Have a nice Sunday. Thanks, thanks. for being part of it. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Uh, next up, we've got Kaylee in an Apache Junction. After Kaylee, it's wide open again. Easy time to call. You know, sometimes at the end of the program, it takes a while to get in and we have a full board. Right now, you can be up just right after Kaylee by calling 277-5827 and talking to the lovely Shira here on the phone. Uh, Kaylee, good morning. Good morning. Um, the, the gentleman before... Yeah, uh, before me answered my question, I had a question about the leaves turning yellow on my lemon tree. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to redirect with another question. On um, one side of my backyard, everything grows. And then on the other side, nothing grows. We plant, my husband and I planted, a, I think it was a orange, blood orange tree or something. But we've planted several trees on the other side. Everything dies, and I don't know what to do to. Kaylee, get do you, that do you have a lot of caliche there in your soil where you dig down and you have like white calcified rock? No. No? Okay, so the soil seems no. to be pretty good on both sides? Yes. Okay, so you may, then everything dies. You, well, you you may have a you may have a difference in some drainage there could, could be a problem. Okay. You also okay. the the bad thing is if if you know somebody could have used some herbicides in there too, and some herbicides yeah. can last three or four or five years. That Pramatol can last ten years, so that can really make the soil. Does it grow any weeds? No. Wow. So you know we should have had some weeds grow this year with uh, all the rain. You know, have you used any yeah. chemicals there to, to keep the weeds from growing? I do not use chemicals. I pull them all by hand. Well, that's the best way. So That's what I do. But yeah. I'm not sure why the weeds aren't growing either. Um, you know, and it's pretty hard yeah. to test soil for chemicals. I mean, it's an expensive yeah. test. And unless you know what you're really looking yeah. for, it's, they're kind of hard to find. Um, but, you know, for the most part, I, I would start off with a couple just really tough kinds of things that you could plant right now. Maybe put in okay. a bougainvillea or put in a couple Mexican bird of paradise, you know, and see okay. how those do. And uh, okay. that way you're kind of testing the soil with a plant that's not very expensive. And you can kind of see okay. how it's working. And one thing you could always add when you're planting is gypsum. And uh, it's fairly inexpensive and it does help you know, to basically take some of the salts out and help buffer the soil. So you might try adding okay. some gypsum and planting some real hardy desert plants in there just to see how they do first. Okay, I'll do that. And then you want me to build, probably dig a really deep, wide hole and maybe... Well, you know, if you're, not, if, you're not, if you're not hitting any caliche and if the soil's draining pretty well, you shouldn't have to dig an oversized hole. If you dig down and you hit this white calcified stuff and it's really hard, you can't dig through it, now that would be a good reason. And that's, you know, pretty prevalent in different parts of the valley, but that would be a good okay. reason why there'd be a big difference in your yard. Okay, I'll do that. I'm going to do my Home Depot right now, and I'm going to do the uh, Mexican. Yeah, get a little Mexican bird of paradise or sage yeah. plant or something like that. Throw a few little guys like that and see what they do. Okay. If not, if it doesn't work, I'll call you back. All right. Thanks, Kaylee. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. 
Well, it looks like uh, Mr. Troy Barrett's uh, sliding in the studio here, so we're going to have to find out what's happening on the planet. In the meantime, we do have a couple lines available. You can give Shira a call at 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. And we're going to come back with uh, Deanne, Dane, and Alicia. And if you'd like to be after Alicia, all you have to do is give us a call at the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Sitting up in the golf course in Vegas playing that song right now. It's going to be a hot one, but not terrible. Not as hot as last week. Let's see. We'll get right back to the phones. As one's gone, one will be available. You can give Shira a call at 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. Dane in Glendale. Good morning, Dane. Uh, good morning, sir. Hey, uh, question maybe two. Um, I know nothing. Uh, but can you tell me everything I need to know and when to harvest pomegranates? Well, pomegranates is a great question for today because what's very critical for pomegranates right now to keep our quality up is keep them on a very regular water pattern. Because if we don't, what will happen is they'll stop growing now and, and they'll split when the monsoon comes. So number one for this time of year, make sure that they're well watered. And if they're older trees, that's weekly. If they're younger trees, twice a week, but very deep. Secondarily, in September, when they start to turn that nice, pretty red color, uh, what we want to do is we want to bag them. And we bag them to keep the birds and the insects away, okay? And most pomegranates here are a wonderful variety, and most of these are going to ripen here somewhere in December and January. But if we don't protect them before they get ripe, somewhere before October, then the insects and bugs will get them before. The reason we keep the waterings up so they don't split in the bottom, if they split in the bottom, then everything like sugar will go in the bottom and you'll have insects and they'll rot. So do you bag them uh, until December? You bag them until December. And, and you put the bags on somewhere late September. Yeah, just a regular old plastic bag. No, no, no. It's the opposite. A paper bag. Because you want it to breathe, okay? And, or or you can buy little okay. mesh bags on the internet with a little pull string on them, and they'll work fine, too. But the, the bag right, has well, to appreciate breathe. Appreciate it, sir. Thanks, Dane. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you, boss. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have Deanne in Litchfield. Good morning, Deanne. Good morning. Um, my question is another one about the Palo Verde beetles. Um, have you heard of a product called Mallet, and, and what are your thoughts on that product? I'm not the, familiar the with it, um, and so I, I, so I don't know what the active ingredient is. Um, where did okay. where, you hear about it from? 
Um, we use a fertilizer company, and and the the person there said to use the mallet. Um, you know, it could be. I mean, it's probably. I don't know if it's a contact or if it has intermittent corporate. Um, these chemicals that I mentioned before aren't proprietary, so it could okay. actually have the same ingredient as some of the bear products do. Um, okay. You know, there's one called Merit. And Merit is, actually does have the same ingredient, but Merit's an older okay. chemical that was used more in greenhouses. But Mallet, I'm I'm not familiar with. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, Deanna. Bye. Okay. Uh, Jeff and Tempe. Good morning, Jeff. Hey, good morning, Brian. Thanks for taking the call. Um, yeah. I just recently put down, when I say recently, like three days ago, about 1,500 feet of uh, square feet of mid-iron sod. Mm-hmm. And I know that's probably not the best time of the year to do it, but I kind of had to do it at this time. And um, the guy who I ordered it from told me to be watering that four to five times a day for a couple of weeks, leaving possible standing water. Is that pretty accurate? Four or five times a day is perfectly in order. It's not a terrible time to put it down. With the heat, it'll do well. In fact, it's, you know, we've got a break here the last couple of days where the humidity came up, and then that's great for planting new lawns. And uh, four or five times a day till it's rooted um, probably won't take more than a week or two. You know, so, but, okay. but certainly for the first 10 or 15 days, four or five times a day is great. Uh, there, you don't want the water to run off, but you want to keep it on the, on the wet side. And so he's giving you great advice. Did he put down any fertilizer with it when you planted it? I did. I put down uh, a lot of bags prior to that. I, I, I treated the soil really well by tilling it about three inches deep or so. And then I put down a lot of bags of uh, Kellogg's. Uh, topper on top of that, okay. and then I also put down some granular starter. Okay, perfect uh, uh, fertilizer. You, you say it, so it should be pretty green still. Well, it is. Uh, I do have some spots that are you know that I think I'm going to have to dig up and. Uh, you and won't, Jeff. Those forth. little edges in between the sod, you know, where you get brown edges and things, that'll that'll all fill in and fix itself very quickly. Okay, I do have some spots that are that are they definitely look dead that are you know a little bit larger than the than a frisbee probably about eight or ten of those yeah. um i, 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 would, I, I, I wouldn't be concerned there. i wouldn't be concerned jeff as long as you got good even water coverage okay i, I wouldn't be yeah. too concerned and there might be some spots that, that got dry in the side it might have actually died in those areas but you know it, it should okay. fill back in and balance and cover up very quickly in the summertime you know the grass appreciates the fact that the days are long or the temperatures are high and uh, watering four or five times a day. There's no reason to water to the point where it stands, but you need to water enough to where it's going to be, you know, pretty saturated and wet all the time for at least the first two weeks. And then you could probably back off to watering twice a day and then back off after maybe the third week, you know, once a day. And then by the time okay. it's in, in and for a month, you know, you should get to like a two or three time a week irrigation. Okay. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate you. Thanks, Jeff. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have Frank up in Congress, which is at least a little cooler than Phoenix. Hi, Frank. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Morning, sir. Uh, we, we've got a uh, orange tree, and I have no idea uh, what variety it is in our backyard, and it is not looking good. Uh, I have no idea. I'm, I'm all new to this gardening, and I, I don't know what to do with it, quite honestly. Um, uh, that's so why you're, Frank, you're up by Congress or Congress Junction? Up north of uh, in Congress. In Congress, yes, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a little high for, for citrus trees typically because we can't freeze is usually the problem. We're not worried much about frost now, though. And uh, for most citrus trees, is your soil pretty rocky? 
No, it's not. It's actually pretty decent. Okay. And um, yeah, yeah. So if it's pretty decent soil, you should be watering a minimum of weekly. Okay, and pretty heavy, so it needs to get enough water to go down to a depth of two or three feet and fill the well or, or close to as wide as the drip line of the tree. Okay. Okay, and then once the monsoon starts, you can go ahead and feed it lightly. So, and you can feed it with citrus fruit if you have some, but if not, 21-7-14 lawn fertilizer or 10-10-10, all those would be fine. Okay, okay. I appreciate that. And, um, okay. The, the one I other point, or Frank, if it's if if the wood's exposed on the trunk to the sun, it would be good to wrap the trunk so the trunk doesn't sunburn. And you can do that with a beach towel, or you can do it with a piece of sheet or a piece of cardboard. Doesn't matter. Okay. I appreciate that, Brian. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Have a nice Sunday. You too, sir. Bye. Bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we have Alicia in Phoenix. But after Alicia, it's wide open. The number to call, 602-277-5827. You know, it's great to call whenever I tell you it's wide open because that means we can get you on the air really quick. We hate to see anybody wait very long on the phones here. And uh, the nice part is we take more phone calls than I think anybody on the air anywhere. So we'll get right to you after Alicia. Alicia, good morning. Hi, Brian. How are you today? I'm enjoying a, the, the sound of such a lovely voice as you have, Alicia. Oh, you're so sweet. Um, I am not sure whether I'm not watering enough or I'm watering too much, but somehow my plants, um, quite like the agave, uh, my grapefruit tree are turning yellow. You know, Alicia, I'm turning yellow too. Um, (laughs) I've been out in the sun. It's been hot and so have they. So, so for some of the foliage, especially on citrus and, you know, grapefruits are worse than others, uh, to be yellow and kind of burnt on the outside edges is pretty normal. And the agaves, there's lots of different varieties. Some are real hot desert agaves, but many of the varieties we grow here are more tropical. Okay. And for them to yellow a little bit this time of year is pretty normal and they'll green up, you know, as the weather cools in the fall. And, uh, you know, once we get monsoon really going, you could add a little fertilizer to both those, the agave and the citrus, and they'll green up sooner. But that's after the temperature is down like 105 and we might have some monsoon rain. Okay. I'm watering every, I have a drip system. Mm -hmm. I'm watering every third day for about an hour and a half. How old are your plants, Alicia? Um, Quite old, um, 15 years. So that's probably more frequently, even in this heat, than you need to water. Um, But I don't know what size emitters you have. An hour and a half may not be enough water. Okay. So for the citrus tree, especially once a week, but how, how large in diameter is the trunk of the citrus? Um, it's pretty well established. It's a probably 40 years old. Okay. So it's going to need once a week, probably somewhere in the area of 150 to 250 gallons of water, depending on your soil. Okay. Okay. So it takes a little emitter a long time to do that. If you had a bubbler, you know, and, and a big well, it could do that easily in a short period of time. But to give you an idea on our citrus groves, which, you know, are, are mature, uh, we water them weekly uh, in, a, in a light soil down in Hyder. Uh, those get watered weekly for 12 hours. And, wow. and the emitters okay. that we have put out 20 gallons an hour. So we put 240 gallons on each tree uh, weekly um, this time of year. Okay, so I'm wondering if I just need to give... Just take uh, a hose out there and throw it on that citrus tree. Okay. And let it run for several hours, you know, and that's going to leach the salts out too, and it's going to really deep water your tree. And then take a look at your irrigation system, and what you'd want to do is take those emitters and put them to like a quart jar so you could calibrate and see how much water they're putting out. But, you know, that big citrus tree, it's going to need, you know, at least 250 gallons of water weekly. 
I don't know that it's getting that. So I'm wondering if I should actually kick it up to like every other day. Well, no, no. Let's, let's not do that. Let's go the other way. Okay. Let's kick okay. up all the time. Right. So we want to run it a lot longer, but less often. Okay. okay. And, and the real Unfortunately, adv- I didn't put the trees on their own system. I okay. kind of just did zones within well, the yard. I, I bet you have a hose. I do have a hose Amazing and I, <laughs> I use it. Okay. Yeah. But but okay. here's the thing. It's for everything in your yard if it's mature. Weekly's plenty often. You know, unless, okay. we're, unless we're talking flower beds. I mean, everything else once a week, even in this heat, is plenty often to water for mature established plants. And it's it's kind of nice that you know, our weather did change. I mean, we went last week. It was, you know, no holds barred. It was just way too hot. But that difference in temperature we've had where it's six or seven degrees cooler than last week already makes a big difference. And the cloud cover that we have, not the intense sunlight, makes a big difference. But realistically, watering weekly for mature plants is great. Just take all your time and put it all together in one irrigation on everything else. And then okay. what you could do with, if you're, with your citrus tree is add more emitters to it. Okay. So okay. Just, just put more emitters in there so that when everything else is watering weekly as well, it's going to get more water. So I have a pretty large peri agave mm-hmm. is one of the things that is kind of turning yellow. Mm-hmm. And it and will. It, yeah. Yeah. And it's, so a, I, it's a pretty tough agave though. You know, okay. per, per, agave perii is, you know, they're native. There's a lot of different ones. There's neo-mexicanos, you know, that come from New Mexico. But um, they're really a pretty hardy agave. They grow at a higher elevation. They grow native about 4,000 feet. But they also, you know, grow in pretty intense desert. But in their range where they're native, um, they get a lot more monsoon. And uh, so they don't, but, you know, getting more monsoons, not getting watered in your yard every week. That's getting just more monsoons. So they're a pretty hardy plant. They'll yellow in the summer anyway, but they'll green back up in the fall. So weekly watering is going to be more than adequate. I wouldn't be as concerned about the agave. The other thing that we do have to watch for with agaves this time of year is they get agave beetles. And they're a oh, beetle really? that goes in, and then they have grubs that go through and eat the agaves. Oh, and no. They start partying. You know, the next thing you know, a mariachi bound will be out in the yard, and they'll be drinking tequila out there, you know. And you can join them. I mean, you could always just go buy, buy a bottle of tequila, you know, get a big sombrero and hang with you them. You knew what was going on over here. I would be out in the front yard doing <laughs> but. Uh, that, that, okay. that is something you have to watch for, Alicia. And you'll see if that's a problem by the bottom leaves starting to wilt and, and dehydrate. And if you see that condition, you might want to dig down and see if you have beetles. Or you might want to treat for them. Okay. So how much, so back to how much those agave need per week versus the citrus. Oh, so the, 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 agave, the agave, if it's getting 10 gallons of water a week, it's more than enough. Okay. You know, and, okay. And, it, and it will probably be happy on five, but once, once a monsoon starts, it won't need any if, we, if okay. we indeed get a decent monsoon. But okay. the citrus tree is what I'm more concerned with, and it's going right. to just need a lot more water. And to get a lot more water, just increase the emitters on it, put all your irrigation into one time a week. And the other reason why we irrigate one time a week longer is because our water has a fair bit of salt in it. And especially this time of year, because the city of Phoenix, we use a lot of well water here now. And in the, yeah. in the, in the wintertime, we have this great water that comes through this thing called the river, you know, and our water quality is better. We're trying to use up all that river water. But now while we're conserving water in the rivers and the dams and the reservoirs and the great system we have here, we're using more well water. So our pH goes way up. So by watering longer, we're pushing the salt away from our plants, which doesn't matter much to agave, but really does to your citrus. Okay. 
Okay, so aim for calibration of five to ten gallons per week on agaves mm-hmm. and the other desert plants, and then about two hundred and fifty, one hundred to one fifty to two fifty. Yeah, depending per. if you have a heavy clay soil, one fifty is good. If you have a light soil, two fifty. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye bye. You. Thanks. Bye bye. Uh, Dennis in Apache Junction. Good morning. Hi. How are you doing? Um, I have a avocado. That's still in the pot. Haven't got it planted yet. Don't plant it, Dennis. Leave it on the patio. (laughs) Yeah, it's way too hot to plant avocado right now. Yeah, well, I'm not not planning. I'm not going to plant it yet. But um, anyway, I'm. I have it located between two buildings. You know, between the house and the shed. Mm -hmm. You know, to try to avoid a lot of the hot sun. So I get only about maybe three hours or so of midday sun, and the rest of the time is shaded. And I water it every day. I don't know if that's okay. I water it every day. That's actually, uh, avocados typically I don't recommend it for here. But in a location like that where it's get, you know, just direct sun overhead and then shade in the morning, that's pretty good location for an avocado. Um, I, I would just keep it. Protected as much as you can right now, but come September, if you want to plant it out there, I'd plant it out there in September, well, so it's got a chance to yeah. root while it's still warm. Well, the, my point is, it's burning. Oh yeah, it's burning. It's, put, uh, well, put it on the patio in the shade. That that, or if yeah. you have a friend, well, that lives, I'll tell you guess. what I would do, Dennis. I, I yeah. would I would load it up in the pickup truck. Uh, you have to hide it past the border. Take it over to North County, San Diego, and give it to a friend that lives on a hill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the bars turn dark brown, and the half of the leaves are brown now. Okay, put it put it and, on the patio in the full shade. Yeah, I mean, even though the bark has turned as brown as it has, and, you know, the half of the leaves are still green. It, it probably is, it, is, it is probably has lost, <laughs> well, maybe. It's probably lost part of the wood on one side. But there's probably yeah. a portion of the bark that's still, you know, vibrant and alive. Put it on the patio, yeah. okay, yeah. And, and, and leave it there till September and see if it doesn't pop back out. In the meantime, once you put it on the patio, go ahead and give it a light dose of fertilizer like miracle Grow or a balanced fertilizer. Dennis, i got to let yeah. you go. We have a hard break. We'll be right back after the break with the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show here on uh, we got to get the right station. You know, that's that's the problem when you do things, shows on different stations on, on uh FM KTAR. I can't lie. No more of your darkness. All my pictures seem to fade to black and white. Chance and changed your life. 
You know, Whitfields, we grow trees. Started with my grandparents back in the 40s. Continuing today for four generations. If you need trees, any kind, any size, come out and see us. Now, it's not the time of year to plant a peach tree. But if you want to plant a mesquite, a Palo Verde, an ironwood, if you want to put in palm trees, if you're hanging around the pool, you want it to look like the tropics, come out and see us. We grow beautiful palm trees, all kinds of tropical plants, great desert plants, and citrus that all we can plant this time of year. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale. We're in the East Valley at Cooper which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe, or 26470 Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of Sky Harbor Airport. Whitfield Nursery for four generations, growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. John and Tempe, good morning. Well, hi, good morning. Thanks for having me. Hey, I have uh, just two quick questions. I have a ficus that's about 30 years old. It's about 10 to 12 feet from the house. And I have a walkway going through there, and I notice the walkway is starting to lift just a little bit. And I wonder, what should I do about that? I don't know if maybe I should take the tree down because it's getting close to the house. Well, John, you don't have to because sometimes they provide such nice shade. And I wouldn't do anything drastic to it this time of year. It's really hard on it. But what you can do is you can come back and prune that tree back. And if you really want to butcher it and reduce its size and stop those roots from growing, the best time to do Uh it is next year, the end of February, 1st of March. And if you'll reduce the tree size by a third and then go along by the trunk and cut any roots that might be going over towards your home and eliminate Uh those, um, that'll fix your problem. And if you'll maintain the tree by pruning it every two or three years and reducing the top size, that'll reduce the root growth and you won't have a problem. Oh, okay, good, good. Now, uh, a concern I had, and I don't know if it is really a concern I should have, is uh, if I cut those roots and it gets really windy, you know how sometimes it does here? You know, ficus um, have amazing root systems, well, and it's not going to bother okay. you at all. You don't want to do it this time of year. That's why we want to do it in you know, February, early March. But it won't be a problem okay. with the strength of the tree whatsoever. And you're also, at the same uh, time, re- reducing the wind load by reducing the top of the tree. Okay. Okay. Awesome. And uh, real quick too, I'm taking out the grass in my yard and uh, I'm putting in gardens for my wife. Uh-huh. And so I was wondering, can I use those uh, PVC pipes that I use for my sprinkler system to do bubblers up in there or is that recommended? Absolutely. No, you know, you know, taking taking that the whole system, you know, reusing the valves, you know, putting it on on bubblers will work fantastic. And what you can also do is they make little spider bubblers that screw in there, so it's a bubbler that comes mm-hmm. out with like five or six drip heads on each one, and that'll help you yeah. dis- distribute the water and work just fine. Okay, perfect. Thank, Thank you so much. Bye bye, uh, Jim and Chandler. We've got a minute, Jim. Hey, uh, I got a question for you about drips. Uh huh. Can you hear me? Yeah, very clearly, Jim. We, we've got a minute, oh, so I'm going to try and get your answer to you pretty quickly here. 
Go for it. Okay, how do I figure out the drip rate for a raised bed garden? Well, it depends on the type of soil and what you're growing in it. You know, if you're going to put it on drip, like we just talked to the last caller, it may be better to put more heads in there or put it on a bulb or a raised bed garden and flood the whole thing. And what I really like to do if you're going to grow vegetables is come up with a head on it and put in a soaker hose. And so it just runs separately on a soaker hose and floods the whole garden, and that works very well. Perfect. Sounds good to me. Thank you, Jim. Have a nice weekend. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, Karen, you're going to be up next. We'll be right back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. But first, we have to find out what's happening with Troy Barrett, the news. The number to call during the break for Miss Shura is 602-277-5827-277-KTAR for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show.